All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd first like to thank our sponsors in Monster Energy, Fly Racing, Box Racing, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support, as without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have an interview with special guest in MX2 Red Bull Gas Gas star, Simon Langenfelder, fresh off another fantastic weekend in Finland. How's life, mate? And thanks for joining us. Hey, yeah, life's good when you're when you're in the front and on the podium. Always a little bit uh, nicer than uh, when you're thinking about what, what could I do different uh, to come back to the front. But uh, yeah, like this, it's also no joke. You always need to work hard. Otherwise, you're directly away again from the podium. But uh, right now, right now, we, we enjoy it. Awesome, mate. We're also joined by the MX Life boss man, James Burfield. How's life? And thanks for joining us too, mate. Yeah, good. Thanks, Ed. It's uh, nice to uh, nice to be back on the podcast. Nice to chat to Simon as well. Is you know again, uh, his consistency shown through the last few races. Um, great to see him sort of up there. In uh, it's one of those things, Ed, where it's like, what could have been if yeah. uh, he, he had that injury? Because um, I think he'd be there fighting for the title right now. Yeah, absolutely. And the last time I spoke with him was just before that masterclass in Spain where he went 1-1 and then obviously got injured shortly after that, mate. So, yeah, it's been a bit of an interesting year for you, mate. But just to talk on the weekend, what a performance, mate. And that second moto, even though you crashed, the speed was just absolutely amazing. And, yeah, Jorge was saying in the press conference, the MXGP, one how fast you were going, you were just on rails, two seconds a lap faster. So just talk us through the weekend and the track, mate. It was a good one. Yeah, it was... Uh was a good weekend. Yeah, we finished uh, second overall. So we took another podium, another trophy home. Uh, yeah, it was a new track for us. I think no one rode before on this track in Wanta. But uh, yeah, it was a small one. It was for sure different than yeah the usual MXGP tracks. But also nice to, to have something different. Uh, yeah, all the weekend it was quite tight and one line. But uh, in the end, it got quite bumpy and uh, like this there, you could pass a little bit, you could go around the outside because the inside was so bumpy. And uh, yeah, I think that also helped me a little bit in the second moto after my crash to find uh, some lines to pass. <laughs> I was happy that uh, the track got a little bit uh, bumpy and destroyed. Yeah, mate, you were just absolutely flying. And did you reckon the anger from the crash sort of spurred you on a bit, you were saying, mate? It just sort of gave you that extra edge just to just to tear through blokes. And which sections did you find you were making up the most time on everyone? Because there was a few, you know, you had that waves outside near the ram jump. I think Adamo got you there in the one of the motos. So that was a good line. Did you find any sections you were particularly fast at? Yeah, on the track, uh, just before the finish line, uh, you had the, the long straight with the, with a few jumps quite fast the fastest part of the track and after that there was a right corner and uh, yeah I found the outside line was working quite good for me there and I think uh, for sure five six riders I could pass around the outside there just uh, trying to jump lower on the jumps before and then uh, yeah keeping it wide open around the outside you know uh, the berm was not broken uh, but I guess that was one of the Good sections for me. Yeah, absolutely, mate. The qualifying race was another exceptional effort as well. And then before we pass over to James and also fourth podium straight, mate, it's been quite an amazing return from injury, hasn't it? Yeah, that's true. 
uh, I think never before I did uh, this. I yeah, I I didn't do so many podiums yet, but uh, yeah, it's for sure nice to to be on the podium on the sand, also on the hard pack, and uh, yeah, on that uh, slippery kind of stuff to be also good. I think last year I was struggling on that. It's nice to see that uh, I got a little bit more consistent. And uh, yeah, as I said before, if you sleep one time in under the weekend, you're not 100% prepared. It's so fast that you're off the podium again. So you always need to work hard and uh, yeah, try to stay on your top level. Uh, Seaman, I wanted to ask you uh, to take you back to uh, Spain because uh, let's let's talk through through the uh, the Spanish GP because uh, it was an incredible performance that day. Um, I, I I was obviously there. I was watching you, and you just was it one of those times when basically everything aligned, like the planets aligned, and uh, you felt good, the bike felt good, the track suited you. What what was the difference on that day? Because you came out and you were just so so fast i mean can you talk us through that day yeah in spain uh already the year before of that i felt good on the track i enjoyed a lot riding there uh, this deep ruts and slow kind of track suits me quite well uh yeah also we had very big braking bumps so almost everything off the track was fast uh just the triple it was slow, sorry. Just the triple was uh, the fastest thing on the track. And after that, you always needed to be very technical, very smooth, and try to ride uh, everything round. And yeah, with the, with a good uh, rhythm. And, I, and yeah, it suited me well. And luckily, I could also have the good starts. And yeah, when everything works together, you can just enjoy riding. And then that's where you're the fastest. So, uh, like, obviously in Spain, you, you've just come off, obviously swept both races, uh, you know, what won, won, the, won the day, and then obviously a few days later, disaster struck. So what actually happened there with the injury? Yeah, I was, I was uh, flying home on Spain on Monday, and we said, yeah, we go for an easy training on Tuesday. And then, uh, yeah, just in the end of my warm-up, yeah, after 10 minutes, just slide away in one off camber right corner and uh, yeah then it happened so fast so yeah unfortunately i had so much bad luck that my arm was broken and yeah we couldn't believe it so yeah the first thing was we go to the hospital really check out it is if it was broken but yeah you could already see from the outside that uh, the arm was not straight anymore but uh, luckily it was a clean uh, break and uh, I could, yeah, start riding quite soon again. Was it? Was the crash quite? Um, in, was it? Were you going quite fast, or was it just a, a slip off? In in you put your arm down and you just felt it break. No, it was not too fast. It was uh, quite slow. That's uh, yeah. The spectacular crashes are sometimes uh, <laughs> yeah easier on you, and all the body hurts, but not the one part and there yeah, uh, yeah it, it only hit my arm so Damn. Oh. you must have felt so frustrated especially you know one day you're on the biggest high and then two days later you're just like what the hell yes I think uh, that happened to so many of us MX2 riders this year when you see uh, yeah 
with me. I won the GP. I I was getting into my rhythm, and then yeah, I broke my arm. You see, Kai the Wolf. He got the red plate. Got his first GP win. Also, now it's not looking too good for him. I don't know exactly what this, but uh, yeah, for sure not not the best. And I hope uh, that he will get also well soon. And uh, yeah, with so many riders. They're so close to the top and something happens and then, uh, yeah, you can start from zero again. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's our sport. But uh, on some people, it hits harder than others. Yeah, you seem yeah. like you're super relaxed and like easygoing, mate. You take all the challenges in your stride. Uh, you're talking to Lorenzo. He always says how chilled out you are and just positive and you're just so happy to be chasing your dreams. So obviously that attitude helped you with the recovery, mate, because it must have been frustrating watching the races from the couch knowing you had just gone 1-1 and you can beat all these guys. Yes, uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, when you when you come home, you know, yeah, you, you made a 1-1, you're on a good level and... Yeah, then you have the broken arm. But I would say it actually helped me with the with the injury because I could show that I have the speed. I know by myself that I that I can win. And like this, maybe the training and all the yeah, all the hard training which you don't see when you're not when you're not able to ride. Maybe sometimes you train even more than with the bike. And uh, yeah, in, in those moments. Yeah, it's it's sometimes very hard, but you're always working again for the yeah for your dream. And then when you can go back on the bike, you're so happy. And actually, the the first uh, long motors I did, I was just happy. I even when I was tired, I was just happy. I wanted to ride and ride, 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 ride every day. So uh, yeah, even now I'm I'm just happy to ride again. Oh, it's awesome, mate. You saw the skills you have in Lommel. I believe you only had one day of sand riding before Lommel and you went out and did that, mate. So that was super impressive. I don't know how you did it, but how was that day at Lommel, mate? And what's your sand skills, all that work, I guess, in the pre-season and in the years? I remember you mentioned, you know, Lommel, Honda Park. You used to travel with your parents and go to all these places. So that's how your sand skills got so good. But yeah, even still, were you a little bit surprised at how well you did with minimal prep? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the plan was before to go to after France to to training in Lommel. But uh, yeah, that didn't happen because of my injury. So yeah, we trained uh, only in Rome. And yeah, it was also not a lot of time because we had directly the overseas GP. And then after the G overseas GP, you chat like you don't have the feeling. Then sometimes it's better to relax and take it easy. So yeah, we just went one week before. Yeah, we went on Monday after lock locket. We came to Lommel and we did uh, one one very long and good training. And yeah, you for sure feel the first few laps like oh, I think I cannot ride sand anymore. But after ten minutes, I think, or at least me, I got into the rhythm, and I was enjoying riding the sand a lot. So yeah, in Lommel. I had a good feeling I was just doing my thing. Most of the races I was just riding alone uh, on my rhythm, my flow. And I think also that helped me to just learn the sand even in the races. Yeah, and I was going to say before you jump in there, James, how did you like the new layout at Lommel? And also you would still see Tony Cairoli spinning some laps in the sand. He's pretty bloody fast still, isn't he? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tony is... Uh... 
is exceptional. He's a super great rider and person. Uh, yeah, it's nice to see someone with so many titles being so normal. He's uh, really uh, someone I'm looking for, like I'm looking up to. Yeah, he's just a great person. Now I'm now in Italy. I'm living quite uh, close to him and see him, seeing him a lot now. Also at every race because yeah, he's the team boss of KDM and yeah. Gaskas is uh, also under the KDM group, so we're having also a lot to do with each other. And just quickly, the Lommel track, the new layout, did you enjoy that? Yeah, the Lommel layout was, yeah, I, I must say some parts of the layout were quite nice, others not. <laughs> For me, they made the track very, very slow and technical. Uh, it would be nice to have some sand tracks faster, but... When you look at the calendar, yeah, we have Riola, and Riola is uh, only full gas and fast. So it's also nice to have a sand track like Lomo to be a little bit more slow. Uh, as I mentioned before, it's nice to have different tracks, uh, different yeah, sand, hardback, uh, gravel, whatever. And uh, also the layouts. Yeah, it's always different, but also nice to be a lot different. Uh, one thing I was going to ask, Simon, was... Uh... <laughs> Obviously, uh, you're fit. Uh, we've got this little event coming up soon, which is called the the Motocross of Nations. Um, have you got kind of one eye on that for Germany? Yeah, for sure. Germany, I think uh, they did already like one post on Instagram with six or seven riders, which they announced uh, they may ride. So uh, yeah, it's nothing sure yet. It's still quite some time till there, but I'm I'm hoping to to ride for Germany and uh, yeah. When you look in the MX2 World Championship, most of the time I'm I'm riding alone in with the German flag in the MX2 class at least. Wow. And uh, <laughs> yeah, in the MXGP class we have some other riders also like Tom Koch and uh, yeah, also sometimes his brother Tim Koch and Max Spies. Uh, there are quite yeah. some also good riders. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, in the MX2 class, most of the time I'm I'm quite alone. And have we got any yeah. word if Ken Roxton's coming? <laughs> yeah, every every year it's saying that he will ride, but uh, then yeah, for a long time he didn't ride. So yeah, as always, we hope he will ride, but uh, yeah, I can just say I hope he can ride, but not much. Mm-hmm. But it must be good for you because obviously you've got uh, Max Spees who um, is really coming into his his, his own on on uh, MXGP now. He's putting in some really good results. His racing, his racecraft seems to be getting better every week, and he's only twenty one. So you guys, you've got like quite a young a young German team at the at the moment with these with these young guys coming through. So it must be looking good for yourself uh, going into the future with. Um, just with, with you and Max, I guess you guys are the future of Germany at the moment. Yeah, Max is actually only one month older than me. He's always also 19 years. So oh, 19, uh, also, Damn. also a very young uh, guy. Yeah, I raced with him a lot. So yeah, it's nice. Nice to also have other Germans at all the MXGP races. And yeah, it's also nice to just see him riding good, getting his rhythm. Yeah, racing MXGP is no joke. There, they are sometimes on a very good level. 
yeah, like you see now in the last few races, they were quite with the lap times every race a little bit faster than the MX2 guys. So, uh, yeah, MXGP class for sure is uh, also a hard class and it's never easy to be out front. And it's nice to see him fighting for the top 10. And uh, the last question, which uh, just kind of not on the MX uh, Nations subject, but one of the things this year we touched upon, obviously a few of the the title contenders have had, um, you know, crashes because everybody is pushing um, to that level. You know, you've got um, uh, the Coonan brothers who have come in this year. They've kind of up the ante a little bit. We've seen what Sasha can do. We've also seen what Lucas can do. Um, there is this pressure hey simon that every year these this next generation of riders coming in you're still a young gun at uh 19 you still got another four years in the class but um it's getting harder and harder hey to win that championship yeah for sure uh like we see at uh, lucas conan they and sasha also they're very very young and very talented and very fast also so yeah to be at 16 years so fast already, that's uh, impressive. But uh, yeah, to win a GP, yeah, to win a GP, it's one thing. To win a championship, it's another. I'm. I also need to learn still a lot. Uh, to be all the years so consistent, it's very very difficult. And uh, yeah, maybe also need a little bit of luck, but it's just like we see at Yago. Sometimes maybe it should should just should not happen with one guy crashing in front of you. You cannot do anything and just run over him. So it's to win a championship. It's never easy, and with so many races and such a tight calendar, it's even more difficult. Yeah, it just feels with Yago. It's not meant to be, is it, James? With Yago after last year too, eh? Do you know what it's um. I spent a lot of time talking to Iago this year in, uh, you know, his ups and downs and everything else. And he remained positive and in, in, in fully focused, but you just got a feel for the guy. Hey, I mean, it's just like every year, something seems to, seems to happen. He's just not destined to, to win that MX2 championship. But I, I, I guess at the end of the day, we've seen what he can do on a 450. So, you know, Redbird Motocross the Nations, we got a glimpse of, of what he can do on a 450. I think he'll be a, a huge success. He'll put the knocks of MX2 um, behind him. But I've just been uberly impressed with MX2 this year. Obviously, with Tom Vial sort of moving on to, to America, um, it was really kind of who was going to step up this year. I didn't expect everyone to step up because that's what it feels like. It feels like... Um, Tom Vial was a level, but I actually feel that um, Simon, Andrea, um, obviously Yago, Kai, everybody is Lucas. That they've all stepped up to to Tom Vial level, like with speed wise in in willing to put everything on the line. And you know, I've been really impressed with um, Rowan Van der Moostijk this year. You know, he's put in some some really really good performances. But it is that thing where Simon said is it's a little bit of luck. Um, it's probably a lot of luck. <laughs> it's a little bit of luck, a lot of luck, and um, and you know, it's that consistency again. In 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 fair play to to Andre, he's kind of managed to stay out of the thick of it, um, and, and just been around there and been consistent. A bit like Prado, and that was actually going to take me on to my next question. Simon was, um, when I speak to Andrea, he said he's been working a lot with um, or been training a lot with um, uh, Jorge. 
and uh obviously Yago is has got Ramon and um uh Horikmo's got Mark DeRuver. Do you have um you obviously spent said that you you talked to Tony um a little bit. Have you got a rider coach or have you got somebody who's helping sort of obviously you're super fast and super talented, but it's always good to have that um that person around you who can kind of help mold you a little bit more. Have you got someone in your corner who's doing that? So for me, uh the the riding stuff is yeah Tony don't have much to do with me riding or training uh, it's all in the Tecarli family so Claudio and Davide now yeah Davide more uh, yeah and usually all the winter I train together with Mattia Guaranini and uh, yeah we could push each other also quite hard now unfortunately he's still out but um, yeah and now most of the time I'm doing my training program alone at the track. Yeah, you always have other riders where you can look up uh, and maybe look what times they ride, what they do. But yeah, they're always doing a different program. So you can never see it 100%. But I think uh, if I'm just doing my thing, if I try to stay clean, everything everything's fine. My fitness is good. I can... I can be also like this uh, on the top. Yeah, mate. I was going to ask, how is Mattia going? He seems like he's having a bit of fun on social media, doing a few various things and a few events, but it'd be great to see him back out there. Are we looking at around Turkey, do you reckon, for him? Yeah, I hope so that he comes back as soon as possible. But yeah, I think uh, his injury was a little bit worse than my one and takes a little bit more time. So, yeah. I hope for him that he can get a good physical uh, training in and when he comes back on the bike, he's uh, very fast back on, on a good level because as we saw in Spain also him, he was very good and I was very happy for him because going on the 450, it's I think it's a big change and it's nice to see, so you see him on the podium and I hope uh, to see him soon back racing. Yeah in the front with the guys. Yeah, and then obviously at the Nations, I wanted to just quickly touch back on that. Obviously, we had, we didn't speak about Nagel as well. He's absolutely, you know, rapid still, isn't he? He'd be a pretty cool option for Germany as well. And have you even thought about racing some of these guys like the Lawrence brothers, Deegan, Shimoda, just testing yourself against those guys? It's a pretty exciting prospect, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I think the Nations is one time who is the, better nation but then it's also the other time uh, it's just Europe against USA and <laughs> uh, and yeah for sure I would be very very interested on how their level is in when you see our level and their level last year we raced in America and yeah they were better so I think Erne is one track which is different to all the all the American tracks when you look at Ernie, how tight it is, how how many stones, how sketchy, how yeah, I think as an Amer American, you wouldn't specifically like the track because they're used to this big, wide, fast, full gas tracks, and yeah, maybe I'm very excited to see how it's gonna turn out this year. 
Oh, it's going to be great, mate. It's going to be a pretty awesome event as a whole. They always the uh, NA and the French crowd always give it some, don't they, with the chainless chainsaws and the flares, just like the, the German rounds at the GP there, mate. Obviously, you went there as a fan, but it must have been a bit of a you know frustrating thing to be missing your home GP, especially in the atmosphere, because they were pretty wild there, weren't they? Yeah, in Germany, they're incredible. Um, yeah, even one guy got the tattoo of my face and one picture of me. <laughs> Uh, tattooed on his uh, his leg with and then I signed it and later he got the, even the signature uh, tattooed so now really... the German fans are going really crazy and yeah, it was not nice to miss the GP but the good thing about that was that I could take a lot of time for the fans and uh, I I hope I gave everyone who was there an autograph and some some cards and I don't know what, but I was I was definitely having a lot of time for the fans, which I usually yeah. When you're racing, you need to focus on racing, but you also want to be there for the fans. So uh, it's always yeah. I think the racing is the most important, so you always need to be one hundred percent focused. And like this, I also had a lot of time for the fans, and I think it was also uh, a good decision to come there and uh, enjoy it. Yeah, before I pass over to you, Jay, I just wanted to ask Simon, how's the uh, merch going, mate? Because it's pretty cool, the stuff you have there with Racer. And have you been impressed with the latest Thor kits? Because they've been pretty cool, some of them, haven't they? Especially on the weekend, that was nice too. Yes, uh, yeah, with Racer, I'm very, very happy. And also Jill and Tony and Laura, uh, they were helping me helping me a lot to to get to know all the guys from Effetti to who how to to make the logos how to uh, make yeah just just to how to let it produce and all that stuff and they put it on the website to sell it and yeah with the race of truck they also come and always take uh, yeah the shirts and hoodies so i was very happy about their help a big thank you and yeah now all the t-shirts are gone the hoodies are still here, yeah. so quite quite some. But uh, yeah, I'm already working on having some new T-shirts coming out. Um, but yeah, it's it's always quite a a difficult thing to make new logo, new designs, new a little bit new. Yeah, the form of the T-shirt and all that stuff. So you're always learning new stuff, and yeah, but I'm excited also to make uh, some some new merch and. Yeah, I like quite quite a lot my new logo, or it's not new anymore. My my logo. <laughs> nah, that's cool. I think it's uh, it's it's important, hey, that um, uh, as a rider, you kind of develop, you know, merch in in social media, and uh, and like you say, you connect with the fans as well because it is that whole experience of of what a fan, um, you know you know does within motocross because there's fans which you know travel the world following you guys in um you know they spend a lot of money in uh trying to get to the races in 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 you know support you guys as well and it's nice for them to feel part of um uh simon lagenfelder without actually taking up your time by supporting you wearing the t-shirts by following you on social media by liking your posts and stuff like that so the fact that you took time out of the GP where you probably could have stayed at home and watched it on uh, on MXGP TV, but you took the effort and in, in, in went into uh, went to the GP and met all the, the home fans. 
you know, that's that's what for me, that's great to see from a rider because that's you're investing in yourself because um, by investing in those fans and talking to those fans and giving them a little bit of you, you're going to get that paid back, you know, 10 times over with the support you're going to get from, um, you know, C Simon Lagenfelder fans. Yeah, you also saw that in Lockett because Lockett is uh, actually more my home GP than uh, Teuschendal because it's even closer to my home. And yeah, also many of the German fans arrived there. And I think, uh, yeah, they went also crazy there <laughs> with all the flare bombs. And I don't know, they, they had everything changed, so many chainsaws. And yeah, now it's nice to have, yeah, to start a little bit the fan base. Uh, it's very nice to yeah have just so many people around liking me. Um. One of the questions I, I was quite curious because I know you've kind of spoken a little bit about it before, but um, obviously uh, you're, you're 19. Um, you're going to be one of the title contenders next year for the, the MX2 uh, championship, whether you like it or not. People are going to look to you as uh, one of the main protagonists. Um, but going forward in the future, is 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 America still playing on your mind? Is do you, Have you got one eye on America or is it... Were you just taking it as it comes or you actually decided MXGP is where I want to be? Yeah, now I for sure would like to stay still here because, uh, yeah, I found uh, such a good team with the De Carli uh, and Gaskas factory racing team. Uh, and that's really not easy to find. So, so nice people who help you also when, when it's not going that well. Um. Yeah. Now, for sure, I would like to stay here, but I would also be interested in maybe doing one race in America just to see how this. Is. But uh, yeah, we never have time, so it is only one thing which I would do if it's possible. But it's uh, yeah, our calendar is also so full, and when when we don't have when you have our off season and all that. Uh, yeah, they also don't have races or just the Supercross races and uh, to go over for a Supercross race without any preparation, that's, uh, I think, not the best. <laughs> no, no, that's, uh, yeah, you know, it's only, only going to happen one way and that's probably upside down. Um, <laughs> but, hey, you don't need to go to America now because you've got Mattia uh, in the team and he loves America and he is the next, he's like the European Axel Hodges so is he you jump in and standing on the seat at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah matia is a he's a crazy guy but uh, yeah it's nice to see someone also i think what he does helps the the motocross uh, just motocross a lot uh, because yeah he's so easy and such a cool and fun guy that uh, yeah for sure for many people i hope they're starting motocross or liking motocross more because of him uh, and yeah i think the sports needs people like him nah absolutely i'm a i'm a big fan of of, of the way he um you know lays out his uh his table so to speak because uh i think he's a very good representative of um i mean he's an absolute you know gold mine for uh, mxgp because that's the type of characters that you you want stepping up as as kind of Tony's moved on and in Jeffrey's getting to the end of uh end of uh, his kind of um retirement plan. I think he's got another two years and in, in possibly I don't know whether he'll be around, but 
you know, you want these big characters to kind of replace um, what we're missing. I think Mattia, he's so young and he's fun and he just brings a, a different uh, vibrance to uh, the sport. So, um, so I'm, I'm fully expecting you to be standing up on the seat on the bike. I want to see some big whips um, and uh, maybe some crazy hairstyles as well. So um, you need to start upping your game, Simon. <laughs> yeah, with the hairstyles, uh, maybe I'm, I'm still waiting a little bit, but uh, for big whips, I don't have any problems. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long as you've got whips in your locker, you're all good. I was going to say, if you need any helps with your starts at the Motocross the Nations, James will be on hand like he was for Matea at Redbud, mate. So just walk us through that, James. You uh, you gave the inside line there, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Matia refers to me as coach. Um, so uh, we, I don't know if you know the story, Simon, but we're at the, the Motocross Nations at Redbud and um, we're in the skybox. And uh, I was just chatting to Matia, as, as you know, as I usually do. And uh, I said... I've got a line for you. And he was like, okay, what's the line? I said, well, uh, if you get a crap spot start on the outside, just literally pin it all the way around the berm. I've seen someone do it in practice. Looks really, really good. There's a big, nice wide open corner. Just go around there. Just full gas. He's like, I'm going to do it. I was like, oh, no, 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 don't do it. Because if you do it, then I'm going to have, you know, thousands of angry Italians if you mess it up. So, uh, you know, Matty is a very funny guy. So I thought he was just joking. Uh, I learned that he wasn't joking. He actually went out and done it and he nearly pulled it off, but he binned it coming out of the corner. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. I saw it. I, unfortunately, it didn't go so well. But uh, yeah, sometimes you see see guys trying it and some sometimes actually it works. Uh, yeah, and you need to have some guys who who are yeah who are so easy and to do that, uh, you, you need to have some balls. <laughs> Yeah, so if you see me walking over to you and, uh, you know, then just ride off quickly because don't listen to any of my line choices. <laughs> like I said, my only riding coach is Claudio and David. <laughs> <laughs> so if you see me walk along with a gas, gas red shirt, be afraid. I think like, you uh, still uh, need the black sunglasses. <laughs> Ah yeah, and and I, I think I'm I think I'm too fair. I'm too white, so it's no good. I don't look like I've even been in the sun. <laughs> in Rome, there is a lot. <laughs> yeah, in, in the UK, there's none. <laughs> on the topic of sun, mate, I was going to ask you how was the Indonesian trip? Uh, obviously, those two rounds were pretty hot and pretty humid and sort of pretty demanding on the body, but you managed them really well, and the fans certainly came out in force. You guys got a great reception. Speaking to a couple of guys like Horgmo and Lucas Kuhn, and you guys were sort of treated like kings and, and rock stars a little bit, weren't you, mate? So it must have been cool. And how was the racing, the tourist stuff, uh, just everything, mate? It was a pretty cool adventure, I guess. Yeah, um, Indonesia is always something special. Um, yeah, some things are really, really nice about the, the GPs, but sometimes you also see how bad uh, people can actually live and with so not so much money. Uh, so, yeah, you get back to reality a little bit. Um, but I, for me, it's a very nice GP because it's something different. You see the different cultures, you, you travel a lot, you're like together with the team always. And um, yeah, I, I enjoyed a lot also to go there. Yeah, for sure. You need to be very careful and you're also very happy when you get back home without any uh, problems on the stomach. But 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. As I said, there are many nice things, but also some not so nice things. But uh, yeah, when it goes well, you you enjoy it, and you're just uh, yeah trying to to be a little bit careful with the food, and then hopefully it goes well. <laughs> Gonna say, did you have any secrets to avoiding the food poisoning, mate? Because obviously a lot of guys did get sick. And also, what did you think of the two tracks there? They were both very different, you know, sort of interesting soils on them. They sort of had that sort of Argentinian style, wispy, soft stuff, hard to sort of gauge it, soft and then hard, bit of a mixture. And also, do you think two weeks, you know, was it too long for you in Indonesia? Were you ready to go home? Because some of the guys were sort of like that second week it was dragging out. And there's thoughts uh, maybe next year there could be an Australian GP. So it'd be pretty cool to have one in Indonesia, one in Australia, if that happens too. Yeah, some years ago, I think there were more overseas GPs also like Taiwan and China and whatever. There were quite many. So it's nice to have more overseas GPs for sure. But it's also a lot of money going into these GPs, uh, a lot, uh, very, very much. So I think uh, if if they find a good solution, it's for sure nice to go also to Australia and all the other countries. Like me, I was never there and it would be for sure nice for me to also see Australia and uh, a few more countries. The food poisoning, I was just trying to eat rice and chicken, but to eat two weeks rice and chicken, I think it's also not good. So, yeah, you cannot eat two weeks rice and chicken. So we, we also went to some restaurants and just prayed that everything goes well. Uh, I think uh, like like in the championship, you need to have a little bit luck. I think there you also need to have a little bit luck. And um, yeah, with the track layouts, I, I, was, I was surprised how good you can build tracks and in in these countries and the guy who builds them also build uh, but he also built metally basin and uh, greg adkins yes yes ah. yeah he built so well the tracks and also i had some one chat with him and all the tracks he builds i like i hope he's also coming to malagrotta to tune up our track because he built so nice tracks and every track he builds is I would say a little bit similar to America because it's wide, fast, uh, big jumps, and to have a guy building so good tracks, that's that's really amazing. That's good. Um, the uh, going back to the food, uh, Simon, I like to call it food roulette when you go to Indonesia because you never quite know what's going to happen. <laughs> yes, it's, that's uh... true. You never know when they put one time. Oh. When you see just the rivers there, uh, and just take one smell for you, know, you just yeah. hope that everything goes well, and no one uh, is in the kitchen who touch with one finger in this water. Uh, but yeah, for sure, it's uh, maybe ninety percent it's going good, and ten percent it's going bad. You can just try to do your best. Uh, I think everyone tries to do that. But uh, if like David uh, last year got got also the food poisoning and when you see when you saw him and he didn't race, he was just spectator and yeah team team manager. So uh, when you just saw him after one weekend, he was uh, finished. He was just in the bed finished, and he was just walking to the also to the start line with me and. I look him in the eyes and it looked like he did one hour moto 
and in Lommel after for the for the third motor in the night. So for sure, if you have that, it's no joke. It's not not nice to to go on the track and race, especially nope. also when you see the how the medical like hospitals and all of that is there. You don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're, we're going to take you to hospital on a stretcher uh because we can't find an ambulance <laughs> so um it's probably going to take two hours so uh thanks but no thanks i mean that's the only place that you never want to fall off like you literally just glue my ass to this but it is a seat <laughs> yes yeah you 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 especially there you try to stay more on the bike but i think <laughs> if you're thinking too much about this then it's gonna happen more like uh, more easy yeah but you're like just like just take me back to europe where i've only got to worry about lommel um but i haven't got to worry about anything else <laughs> yes <laughs> and did you get a chance to do a few tourist things bit of surfing bit of zoos waterfalls this kind of stuff mate was that nice to do yeah we went uh yeah samoda zumbawa is quite uh yeah an abandoned island i would say <laughs> There is nothing. They have nothing, and there is nothing. So it's only the sea, which is black. You cannot see to the bottom for one centimeter. But when you go to Lombok, it's uh, much, much nicer. It's like the dream beaches and very, yeah, very beautiful nature. And uh, yeah, we went with the boat on one other island and uh, there we went snorkeling and I saw the first time one turtle oh, yeah. and uh, yeah, there it was a little bit more touristic, like they say it should be the new Bali, so yeah. uh, uh, that's cool it's, it was a little bit uh, newer and a little bit better but still uh, not like Europe Did you see a McDonald's at all? uh yeah yes i yeah they don't they i think yes because my girlfriend always not always but i think she's <laughs> mad about me when i tell it but uh, yeah she likes mcdonald's and uh, then uh, i think she said when you order like something you get many times just the rice and not the yeah. uh, like the the french fries you get just get rice and kind of Oh, really? No, no fries, just rice. It's a, a Big Mac and rice. Yeah, I think it, it was like this. You get, you can have a lot of rice. Like normally, you you cannot. But oh. I'm not one hundred percent sure, but I'm quite sure that she said this. We need to bring her on to the next podcast so we can discuss McDonald's in different <laughs> countries. <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> From a media point of view, I think I've tasted McDonald's in every country because you know it's like we're uh, we do filming and we do everything throughout the day, yeah. like when you guys are on track, and then we have to stay in the in the media tent in, in you know update websites at night, and then on the way home we don't have time for uh, any meals because most of the places are shut. So always end up in mcdonald's so i feel like I, i'm a connoisseur of Mc, worldwide mcdonald's <laughs> <laughs> yeah Which for sure when, when you don't have so much time that's the some, sometimes the easiest uh, option 
Yeah, mate. Like a couple more before we let you go because you, you're a busy man. Just favourite tracks so far this year for you and ones you're looking forward to, mate, because, you know, there's a pretty good chance you'll be able to reel off those wins and keep punching out those podiums because Adamo's got such a big lead. So I reckon you could do a bit of a, you know, five straight like favourite to finish the year, mate. Um, Yeah, my favourite track this year. Hmm, that's, oh, he's going to say Spain. Spain. Yeah. <laughs> now, I want to say Spain because... Uh, yeah, I win there, but I think it was not the nicest track to ride. I think... Um, you were good in Trentino in second, mate. Right? No, Trentino is not a nice track. <laughs> good uh, I would I would say, actually, like, Riola Sardo or even Lommel, that were some, some of my favorites because I'm actually a big Sand fan. So I think those wow. were my some of my favorites. And... Yeah, the best one is coming last, so uh, Metally Basin looking for Ah, perfect. cool. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Batley's going to be a great one. Hope, Hopefully, we might have our English summer in um, October which, or September, October, which will be great. Because yeah, at the moment... I, I, like last year, they make it on the first, first race of the season, <laughs> and it didn't went well. So I'm quite sure it won't go well... Uh, in in September October, but uh, yeah, we, we just we hope uh, it's not as bad as last year. We we just had rain for the whole of July, so um, we're expecting uh, the summer to carry on till September. So um, yeah, uh, hey, hey, Matley Basin last year was quite memorable for you, hey? Yeah, yeah, it was actually my first top five, huh? My first win and my first top five overall, and. Yeah, the first everything together, uh, yeah, that was uh, super special, and yeah, it was just a crazy weekend which I will never forget. And I think no one forgets his first uh, win, and to do it like this, it's very nice with the with the team, and yeah, everyone don't knowing or don't think that I can I can win there. It's a uh, for sure, very very nice, uh, and I will always remember it. Hey, it's a long, uh, it's a long uh, look back to sixteen-year-old uh, Simon, who was with um, Jeremy uh, Sidow on um, on Gas Gas. That seems a that seems yeah. a lifetime ago. Yeah, it feels quite long ago. Uh, and he's in Endura. This actually also, but it's only like <laughs> two three years, so uh, yeah. it's still still okay. But uh, yeah. Unfortunately, it's not riding motocross anymore, but enduro, so uh, yeah. almost the same. And he he seems to do quite well there, so I'm happy for him that he he's still going, and I hope the best for him. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Also, mate, just gonna say, how was the three GPs in a row, and what's the week look like for you this week? Having a weekend off, mate. You were saying you might do some mountain bike riding or something like that, and are you excited for Sweden? Yeah. Um, yeah, something. Yeah, it's now we have one week free. It's not a lot. Uh, so, yeah, we have quite a fully packed calendar. My team said that before, actually, like a few years ago, where Tony was still uh, riding, they had like summer breaks of a month or three weeks off. I think that would be also cool to bring back, like this. Uh, yeah, you can just uh, have a little bit of a break and go again. Maybe that would also help a little bit, uh, like the injury rate. Because now, when you look 
how many riders are injured. Um, maybe it would help a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. And uh, now in this weekend or this week, we're just trying to relax, to get the body fit again. Yeah, but also to ride, to ride in the sand, uh, which doesn't help to make the body fit again <laughs> because it takes your energy. And uh, yeah, then yeah, we have a few days completely off where yeah, I like a lot mountain biking where I, I'm not sure yet where I will go, but uh, yeah, for sure with my girlfriend, we will find something nice to do together and uh, just enjoy our time together and yeah, take some energy for the for the last part of the season. And take her to McDonald's. <laughs> when she says she's not hungry, I need to go to McDonald's. Uh, no, here I need to go to the free tour. Uh, free tour is better than McDonald's. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay. Uh, one of the things you, you've actually just touched on something, Simon, is the the fact that they condensed the World Championship into six months. And we have like, you know, we finished like the last uh, races 24th of September. We won't be back again to the end of February. So um, we you kind of got five months off, which is, you're quite right, a summer break and just have three months off in the winter. Um, having that sort of a month summer break would be quite nice, I think. Um, it would help out a lot of people with... Um, also money as well with teams like not having to spend you know week after week after week you know gp after gp um give them a little bit of a break to uh save some money up <laughs> yeah for sure uh that would that would for sure help i hope uh maybe it's coming back um but yeah we'll we'll see and wait but uh i think uh that would be maybe some some possibility to yeah to take something old back, which was was also good. Sometimes uh, all the new stuff uh, maybe is a little bit, uh, yeah, most of the stuff they do is quite good. So, uh, yeah, sometimes maybe you can go back to the to the old style, uh, which was also not bad to to bring something old back. Absolutely nah, it's good. Well, hopefully I'll um, catch up with you in Sweden. Hopefully I'll get there and uh, uh, we can get those post-race podcasts back up and going. Perfect. <laughs> Yeah, mate. Thanks again for joining us, mate. Really appreciate it. It was great to catch up again and just hear your insights because, yeah, you're a bloody brilliant rider on the rise, mate. And before we let you go, we'll thank the sponsors in Monster Energy, Fly Racing, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, and, of course, Even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, there is no us. So, yeah, thanks again, Simon, and cheers again, James, for joining us. And we look forward to speaking to you both soon. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah, hope uh, hope to see you guys soon. No Take worries. care, buddy.